We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com Teams. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS MLB Podcast Wednesday edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined once again by John McKechnie, and we're coming at you on August 30th. John, we're on the verge of uh, September th- call-ups and the end of the August, 30th, August deadline. The big story, though, is Geo Stanton and all his home runs. This guy's made an interesting comment this past week uh, uh, that for him, 61 homers and the Roger Maris mark set in the early 60s is the real home run record. Uh, throwing shade at the steroid era, particularly names of Messrs. Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. I would tend to agree with his assessment. I'm a purist, and, and, I, and I think that whole st- steroid era is a real, real blight on the history of baseball and a, a skew on some of the offensive numbers that were staples in the game's history. Uh, what about, what's your opinion? Uh, it's interesting. We bring up you know, things like, like, um, like skewed numbers when you know, Stanton, Stanton is doing this, and I don't think that he's juiced. I think he's always been this naturally strong, but uh, you know, scientifically the ball is carrying out further this year. We're going to see a record number of home runs, I think more so than we saw uh, in the steroid era. So um, <laughs> for the sake of debate, I, I guess I'll, I'll give like the, the 73 Barry Bonds as it, I mean, until it gets uh, wiped from the record books, it's still there. So uh, that's still, that's still the record. I think Stanton can definitely beat Maris's 61, but I don't know if anyone will ever get to Bonds's 73. You know what? I, I forgot for a second about the fact that we've been hearing about the juice baseballs and all that sort of thing this year. So maybe that's an advantage that Stanton has had even over some of the guys in that steroid era. So maybe you have a point there, John. But uh, as a purist, like I said, and a, and a historian in, in the sport, uh, I tend to favor a guy who did it honestly. Uh, there's no evidence at all that Maris was juiced, certainly, uh, all, those, all these, those years ago. But uh, there's virtually no doubt about some of these other guys uh, getting, sure. getting a little bit of help. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think about the, the way it's going to be perceived. But uh, you make a fine point about the uh, extra distance the balls are going these days. Uh, fine by you, John. Good one. Uh, before we get into our breakdown of top fan duel picks for tonight's games, 
I want to invite you, our listeners, to follow me, Paul Bruno at Statsman22, and you can follow John at Johnny McKex. John's a busy guy with the college football scene getting underway very soon, and very busy with all his stuff on Twitter. Great follow. I encourage Thanks. you to get on him. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> very good, John. Let's get through the matchups with uh, tonight's projected starters. There's quite a few afternoon games, so we're going to begin with the games that start at, after 7 o'clock. I'm going to be at the Red Sox game in Toronto. Why don't you give us the the preview of the starters there and everywhere else. All right, starting us off here, we got Rick Porcello in the Red Sox. Rick Porcello with an 8-15 in 15 record, so a bit different than last year. 4-5-7 ERA going up to Toronto uh, to face J.A. Happ. 6-10 record, 4-1-0 ERA. Uh, Blue Jays minus 115 home favorites, a over-under of 9. That's a 7-0-7 start. And we have the Rangers with Andrew Kashner, 7-9 uh, mark, 3-4 ERA. Facing Houston and Dallas Keuchel, I believe that game will, will still be played in uh, Tampa. Um, you know, in the in the wake of Hurricane Harvey, um, Keuchel eleven and two record, two five eight ERA. Uh, the line there, Houston minus one ninety five favorites. Eight and a half is your over under. <clears throat> then we have the Mets and Rafael Montero, uh, two and nine mark, five six four ERA, going to Great American Ballpark to face Cincinnati and Homer Bailey, who has a seven nine nine ERA. Reds minus 140 home favorites implied over under there, uh, sitting at a 10. Then the Pirates with Ivan Nova, 11-11 mark uh, for him, 3.97 ERA, going to face uh, Jose Quintana and the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Quintana four and three since joining uh, the Cubs, uh, 4.50 ERA in the National League. The Cubs heavily favored there at minus 220, and that's an eight and eight and a half over under. Then the White Sox with Derek Holland. 7-13 and 13 mark, 6.05 ERA, going up to Minnesota uh, to face Jose Barrios and the Twins. 11-6 and six record for Barrios, 4.04 ERA. Twins really, really heavy favorites here, minus 245 with an implied over-under of 9.5. And, and I will go through the remaining games, John. We have Jake Odorizzi, 6-7, and seven, a 4.82 ERA into Kansas City against Jason Vargas, who's enjoying a fine year wins and losses-wise. 14-8 and eight is the record there. Home side, uh, the Royals are minus 140 favorite because they finally remembered how to score runs, presumably. And the over-under set at 9.5 for that 8.15 start. Then we got Ty Black and the Giants going into San Diego against Travis Wood, uh, where the Padres are a minus 135 favorite. The over-under set at 8.5. Then we have the Dodgers and Hyunjin Ryu. 5-6 and six is the record, three and three, 334 the ERA. Minus 115 favorite road favorite with a 9.5 over under into Arizona against Robbie Ray and his 10 and 4 rec- 10 and 5 record 9:40 is the start time there. Then we have uh, Kendall Graveman and the A's visiting the Royals and Parker Bridwell 7 and 2 record for the home standing starter minus 150 uh, is the over under uh, is the uh, cash line and uh, 9.0 is the over under on that one for the 10:07 start. John, let's get into it, beginning with our look at the starting pitchers on tonight's slate. Let's take a quick look at the top end of the FanDuel board where we see three premium herders at or above $9,000. I'm uncomfortable, i got to say, picking anyone against the Dodgers this season, even if it is Robbie Ray against all their righty power bats. And uh, Berrios gets a favorable matchup for his part against the lowly White Sox, but he's been inconsistent over the last month. That leaves Dallas Keuchel, who's enjoying a great bounce-back campaign and has a dominant history against the Texas Rangers. So I have the most confidence in him in ranking this trio. How do you see that uh, group breaking down for you? Yeah, I think I think it's probably first and foremost smart to fade off of Robbie Ray. You know, uh, I think he only has one or two starts under his belt since coming back uh, from the concussion list. Uh, with Keuchel, I just I'd, he's a little bit more expensive than Barrios and. I'm just I have a weird feeling about the Astros right now. They're you know they're they're playing 
in effectively what is was a neutral site. Uh, Joey Gallo described the environment last night to that of a minor league game, just because it you know it's two Texas teams playing in Tampa Bay. Um, it's just sort of a weird, uh, just sort of a weird aura around this series. So I understand that Keuchel has kind of turned things around. Uh, three straight solid starts there, um, but I, I feel a little bit better about Barrios. I think that that the Twins. Uh, have a much better win probability that's reflected in the line you know my minus 225 favorites uh tonight and i understand that barrios is uh his, his like era over the last month has been pretty you know iffy of you know almost a five you know 488 uh but he's been really stingy in terms of you know uh not allowing base runners 105 uh whip over that stretch and he's getting about one strikeout per nine in, or uh, one strikeout per inning is roughly his K rate there. So I actually like Barrios uh, the most. I think he can get that quality start against the White Sox, and ultimately I think he'll get backed up and get the win, whereas I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Keuchel, and, and not just Keuchel, but also that Astros offense right now. I'm not using any of their bats tonight, even against Kashner. I just think that there there's something something going on uh, with that Astros club since the All-Star break, or not since the All-Star break, since the trade deadline, and something's just not sitting right there. John, I sense a third loony bet coming up for us here. I evened the score with you last week because of my pick on the power bats in the outfield. I came out on top to even that slate True. against you. But tonight I'm going to take the other side, and I'm going to, I'm going to take Keuchel, uh, and we'll see if we, uh, we can break this tie uh, tonight. Uh, John, the, uh, up next we highlight the group uh, $8,700 down to $7,100. Quintana is at the top of this list, but he's been inconsistent in Cubs colors and faces a lot of righty power versus Pittsburgh tonight, so I'm fading him. Porcello's got a flat-out bad history against the big lumber in the Jays lineup, so I'm fading him. Ryu against the D-backs writings? No thanks. Uh, for me, <laughs> it's it's Jay Happ in this group. He has a penchant, he's shown a penchant for going deep into games and has le- at least five strikeouts in each of his last six starts and is backed by the solid batting history against Porcello while he's tamed the Sox hit- hitters over his career. Uh, your thoughts on this group? Uh, it's Yeah, it is sort of an interesting mi- mid-tier that, that we have uh, tonight. You know, the Pirates... Um, I understand that Quintana has been kind of average uh, since joining the Cubs, but he's got a K rate of uh, 10.4 per nine innings uh, since coming over. And the Pirates, you know, for that mini resurgence that they had starting in June up through probably the beginning of this month uh, has really tapered off. Uh, they are the second worst baseball or second worst offense in baseball in the month of August uh, in terms of weighted on base average as a team. Uh, so I think that that plays as a bit softer of a matchup. Uh, than you might expect uh, for Quintana tonight. And Porcello, I'm with you there. I think he's going to get clubbed uh, this evening. Um, but I think Ryu, at first glance, I, I really was was off of him too. And I, I tend to stay away with from any pitcher that, that's going against the Diamondbacks in Arizona. But uh, Ryu's actually been very good over the last month. 1-2 ERA, .97 whip um, overall over that stretch. I think it's a five-start five uh, sample roughly. Uh, his ERA on the road is sitting at a flat three, so it, it's it's a contrarian play for sure. Um, but I think it it might be worth some consideration here um, because I don't think that any of the upper tier upper upper echelon pitchers tonight are are that big of locks. So you might want to separate yourself a little bit, and Ryu would be the way to do it against a Diamondbacks lineup that most people are going to be trying to avoid uh, with their pitchers and the Diamondbacks bottom third of of the league in terms of weighted on base 
as a team in the month of August as well. John, I, I see what you're trying to do here, finding a contrarian play, because uh, it's got to be in that group. Because if I look at the guys that are listed, there's quite a number of names in the 7,000 and on down. There's a number of options there, but uh, I don't feel comfortable taking any of them. John, what do you think in this group? Um, there is there is only one that, that I felt uh, okay with overall, and that, that was Parker Bridwell um, with how he's pitched um, of late. Um, let's see here. So he's 7,000. He's got a 2.16 ERA, .96 WHIP over his last four starts, uh, going going a little bit over six innings in each of those uh, starts. Really good matchup going against the A's. He's going to be at home. Um, the really only the only drawback with Parker, you know, sometimes you can go get a cheap pitcher with a good strikeout rate. That that's not really his game. It, you know, he's probably getting about five strikeouts per nine innings or somewhere in that range. So don't expect the K's, but I think you can expect a quality start and. The Angels, you know, they're in a pennant race. They might be getting Mike, Tr- Mike Trout back uh, tonight. Uh, I think this could be a case where the, where the Angels are able to, to scratch some runs across on uh, on Kendall Graveman. And with that, I think Bridwell can be a quality start and win uh, type of option uh, for your DFS uh, tonight. So there we go. We both think that most of the val- most of the safe value is in the mid-tier. It's going to be interesting to see what the ownership is like in some of those guys. And if anybody listens to you on that Parker Bridwell call, he might get a bit of a spike in ownership as well, John. So good good on you for identifying somebody. I couldn't I couldn't feel comfortable with any picks in that group. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's uh, turn our attention to football, though, John and, and FanDuel. The fantasy football fans, the wait's nearly over at football's just right around the corner, almost back. Uh, fa- that means FanDuel's back. And FanDuel has uh, fantasy football for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week. There's no busted season, something for everyone. Lots of contests for, to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Now, John, uh, some early season injuries have cropped up. Maybe the most devastating one is uh, to Julian Edelman. A longtime security blanket for Tom Brady is out for the season. There are a few other injury notes of, uh, of some... Uh, renowned and and i wonder what uh, what else has caught your eye what do you think about the edelman, edelman situation too um i don't think the edelman situation necessarily really changes my outlook of the patriots offense it it feels very plug and play if anything uh I, i'm just valuing brandon cooks uh more closer to the first round in terms of uh drafts and i think uh you know with FanDuel having their pricing out already and having that locked in uh wherever cooks is listed could be a bargain already um unfortunately um, that thir- that Thursday game, I guess they're opening up against the Chiefs. That's the yeah. other uh, huge injury is Spencer Ware. Right. Um, with with uh, now Kareem Hunt is going to take over that starting job as a rookie. Um, but unfortunately, that unless there unless you play like the Thursday like all week slate, which I tend to avoid because um, I don't have as much success going that route. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of values that, that that are sort of off the table for you. But I would say that that yeah. Um, that that uh, the Spencer Ware injury seems to really change the dynamics in terms of how people are approaching the running backs and uh, how they how they're kind of ranking the rookie running backs, especially. John, talk me in off the ledge. The Cowboys are going to be are they really going to be without Zeke for, for six weeks? <sighs> uh, that's I mean, uh, the NFL can't really afford to uh, to pull any punches in in the sort of case of uh, domestic violence. So I mean. It, provided that that he did what he's accused of doing, then I think the six games will stand. But again, uh, you know, the due process has to play out, so we'll have to see uh, what happens from there. But I'd say more likely than not, what we won't see Zeke until October. Yikes! 
Sorry. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, well, John, over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Of course, it's this contest and others like it are void where prohibited. John, let's get into the position-by-position picks, starting with the catchers, where we see a large cluster of options between $3,200 and $2,600. So for me, I want to find the guy who gives me the biggest power upside or best matchup for him and his team. And in my mind, that uh, all adds up to Brian McCann. He's got a 5-6 and six career slate versus Andrew Kashner, who's not fared well at all against the Strohs. So that seems to me where I'm going to be spending my money at catcher tonight. Uh, no, I can definitely get behind that. Um, but I, I think that I'm going to go the Tucker Barnhart route uh, at 2900 So again, uh, staying under that 3000 tag uh, at catcher to spend up a little bit elsewhere. Uh, OPS around 900 this month. Uh, third and weighted on base among qualified catchers in August. Um, is facing a guy in, in Rafael Montero that uh, hasn't been particularly sharp as a starter. Uh, Barnhart is a switch hitting catcher that uh, does to tends to do better against right-handers, so that, that lines up uh, for tonight. And it's also in Great American Ballpark. We, we go over this every week. You know, the, the ball really flies out there. So uh, getting some exposure to some reds, especially, you know, one where I imagine Barnhart won't be more than 8% owned or something, um, you know, you can really kind of separate yourself that way. And I think he has a fair bit of upside to go with it. You know, and, and I'll throw another name, Alex Avia. He's, he's one of the catchers who's added to uh, – to the mix here when you talk about top ranking hitting options up behind the plate he's had a fine year offensively he gets to face Ivan Nova who's been roughed up a little bit of late so that might be a third option also at $2,900 uh, I think you go no no not too much lower than these guys because at the rest the rest of them are really you know yeah it's lottery ticket yeah, territory it catcher yeah, absolutely so I think those are the best three options on tonight's board and uh, definitely one of the three is going to make it for my lineup Let's turn our attention to first base, John, where there's lots more offensive options. Uh, at the top of the list, it's the familiar names of Rizzo, Goldschmidt, and Votto as the top three batters at 4,000 or more. Uh, for me, it's Joey Votto who gets the edge with a very favorable matchup against the Mets and their starter, Rafael Montero. In fact, I see a nice stack opportunity with the Reds batters tonight. There's a couple of cheaper options that I'll be able to fit in around Joey Votto. He, you know what? Amazing. He has eight walks in his last two starts. The veteran Canadian-born star has been in a hitting funk in recent days and is overdue to explode. I, I certainly see an opportunity for that happening tonight. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, like I said, getting exposure to the Reds tonight is definitely a good uh, way to approach your bats. Um, I think that among these, you know, 4,000 and above first basemen, um, I'll probably uh, fade off of Cody Bellinger just because he's coming off the ankle. We're right. just not totally sure how you know, he said it. He said it's been 100 percent since the weekend. So I, I don't doubt that that Bellinger will be fine tonight. But I'm per- I'm personally just not going to risk it, uh, even with. Uh, him having the platoon advantage against Ray, um, I, I'll still go with uh, Bellinger here. Um, and then, so I think Goldschmidt is probably my play. I know I was just kind of singing uh, Hyunjin Ryu's praises, but I think Goldschmidt uh, probably is the best combination of um, value and upside and, and platoon advantage uh, here among this like upper echelon of first baseman. 
John, I already teased the Boston-Toronto matchup, and I'm going to lean there. When we look at the seven quality guys down to $3,500, where I really like Justin Smoke as part of a group of Jays who mashed Porcello over their history against one another. Justin's really had a mo been a model of consistency in an otherwise lost season for Toronto this season. It's going to be him or Hosmer for me. Hosmer, for his part, has four multi-hit games in his last nine starts and a career five, and five for 15 versus Odorizzi. Those two guys stand out for me in this range. Uh, do you agree or disagree? Uh, if so, who are they? Um, I'm I'm totally with you on smoke. Um, I, I think that uh, not only is the consistency been there, but I mean that's that's not a particularly expensive price to play to pay uh, for someone who's probably been the, the best offensive player on the Blue Jays all season. Um, so I'm I'm with you there on smoke uh, for sure. Um, if you move down the board a little bit, um, I think Hanley Ramirez might have some GPP Absolutely. appeal on the on the other side of that game going against Jay Happ. I know he doesn't uh, necessarily have like a incredible career numbers against Happ, but uh, Ramirez, I saw him put a charge into one last night. Yeah. So um, he's a guy that, uh, for how disappointing his season has been overall, uh, he can still put him out with it with the best of them uh, when he gets a hold of one. And going against a lefty, um, I think that uh, that kind of changes things a little bit and makes. Ramirez have a little bit of appeal. Uh, generally, I try to avoid him, but I think in this case, uh, he might be worth a look. Yeah, there's a couple of things here when you're looking at the Ramirez situation, John. I know it's an attractive price point, $2,900 when you get a guy with a platoon advantage, but I will caution you and our listeners that he's only 5 for 24 against the Jays' big lefty, so I might throw a little bit of shade on that pick and uh, just justify the price tag. We'll see. Maybe that's a second to, uh, loony bet tonight. We'll do go to... And doubling down. Let's see. Let's see how that turns out. Uh, we move over, to, move over to second base, John, where we see only two guys over $4,000. Are you on either of uh, Dozier or Altuve? I'll fade both because I see an opportunity here to find similar upside down the list for cheaper. Uh, I like, if we, we can look down uh, at a couple of guys, I like uh, Scooter Jeanette, who has plenty of extra base pop that's been on display over a hot streak in the past week. And Eduardo Nunez of the Bo Sox has had four hits in his first two games of this series in Toronto, including some, uh, some really hard hit balls. He, too, gets a platoon advantage against Hap. And, he, you know, for his part, uh, over a longer, larger sample size, he's been a real spark plug in the Boston offense pretty much since he got over there to Boston. Uh, no, I th I'm definitely with you, on, uh, especially on, on Nunez. <clears throat> um, but other, otherwise, I think Brian Dozier, I mean, I know that that price tag is a lot, and, and generally uh, neither of us uh, really cape for, for going for an expensive middle infielder, but uh, Dozier in this, in this particular case, going against Derek Holland uh, at home, Dozier so much better against lefties than he, than he is against righties in terms of um, just like getting on base. Uh, his home run rate isn't hasn't been as high against lefties, you know, just six and a little bit over 100 at bats, but an OPS much closer to a thousand as opposed to his numbers against righties. So I, I like Dozier's chances to to you know lash some extra base hits here, and I think the rest of that Twins lineup should be able to uh, put him across because I, I just don't think that that Holland's going to last. Uh, particularly long in this game and uh, obviously the White Sox bullpen has been kind of pillaged by the rest of the major leagues that, that needed bullpen help uh, that are competing uh, so that the White Sox by, by and large kind of look like a triple-a team right now and I think that um, that Dozier uh, definitely can be worth uh, a play tonight at, at 4200 I think the 4200 mark is going to uh, kind of keep his price or his uh, ownership down as well 
Yeah, I feel so bad for a guy like Jose Obreo who is, just stands out uh, amid the lack of quality around him in that batting order. Chicago White Sox, uh, always uh, the first team I look at when I try to choose my pitcher. Who's pitch, pitching against the White Sox? Yeah. So uh, that, beyond that, though, John, we look at the guy's price at $3,000 on down, where Joe Panic uh, rates a look for me. He has four. Joe months. Panic, Wowzers. Four multi-hit games in his last seven starts, and I don't even fret over the lefty-on-lefty matchup against Travis Wood, who's been knocked around pretty hard much of this season. Beyond this uh, reach, I'll say, are there any other possible value plays for you, John? Um, I guess uh, the other side of that game, Carlos Esuaje uh, might have a little bit um, of appeal, and then otherwise, um, you know, this is this is another one where you'll have to see if he if he is ultimately in the lineup. Uh, and I'm not sure that he will be, but uh, Chase Utley, um, when he is in the lineup, he does tend to produce at least a little bit. Um, it, he's not a super high ceiling guy at this stage, but uh, he can usually get you know give you like eight plus points if if he is in the lineup. But uh, going against a lefty and, and Robbie Ray, I, I kind of have my doubts about uh, that. So I, I'm probably trying to stay in the in like the lower three thousands. I think that Nunez kind of stands out to me as as the best overall. Uh, second base play aside from Dozier tonight. You know what? I, I see your point, and I, I would agree completely in terms of second base. It's a position where you really don't want to spend up because there are opportunities to go premium at the corner infield and as well as the outfield. Uh, to that point, uh, let's look at third base where we see two guys to consider over $4,000. Adrian Beltre's been, crushing, uh, Beltre's been crushing it of late to the tune of just under a 400 batting average with two homers and nine ribbies in the past week. I look elsewhere, though, because he faces a tough lefty and, and Keikel, who's had a fine year, as I said earlier. I lean toward Bryant of these two because he faces Ivan Nova, who's been tagged pretty good in recent starts. Then, before I throw to you, John, I'll say that I see better options down to the $3,500 range where I like each of Donaldson, Turner, and mainly Jorge Polanco, who has four multi-hit games in his last six starts and faces Derek Holland, who you have said was pretty much a gas can this season. And uh, that uh, that gives him a, a great platoon advantage to Polanco and you get all of that for $3,600. Who do you like in this upper range? Um, I I actually probably like uh, Eugenio Suarez the best. Um, I think he, he's had a sustained uh, track record this entire season. He's really having a career year um, and it, he's really been uh, absolutely raking over the last month or so. Uh, OPS well over a thousand o- over his last 30 games. Uh, in his last week, uh, OPS at 1.432. So, I mean, that's just astronomical numbers there. Um, he's been putting the ball out eight home runs this month. Um, and again, a not super expensive way to get exposure to the Reds lineup uh, going against Montero. So I like Suarez the best at the hot corner. I'll pay up for that. All right. And if you do want to save a little bit of money, who do you like below $3,500? For me, it's tough because I do like Lamb and Devers a lot, but they're both facing tough lefties and a platoon disadvantage for both of them. Beyond that, Mike Moustakis is next on the list at $3,200, but he's been an extended hitting funk with other Royals of late, so I'm fading him as well. That brings me back to my old favorite, Evan Longoria, who's been, who will have the platoon advantage against Vargas, uh, who might be pressing because of the lack of run support that we've seen out of Kansas City recently. Longo, for his parts, hit safely in eight of his na- last nine and does have that productive slot near the top of the Rays lineup, which is also a factor in this choice. Uh, talk to me, John. Um, let's see. I think potentially, potentially, uh, Corey Spangenberg could, could be uh, an option for you. Although, again, uh, going against a lefty uh, kind of kind of changes things a little bit uh, for him. So it, it's a little bit tough for me to to really look past 
uh, Suarez, as far as my third baseman is con- are concerned tonight. Um, I, I definitely like the the calls that you're mentioning here. You know, along with Longoria out in Kansas City. Um, but it, for me, it's just hard to hard to go away from from Suarez. I, I really think he's kind of like my lock of the night in terms of the bats. And then, uh, uh, what about uh, we look below that group and we see the rest of the field? And is anybody sticking out for you in this group, John? Um, I, I would probably try to avoid uh, going super cheap um, at, at uh, third base. Uh, the one kind of option, uh, other than the ones we mentioned, I, I would guess is probably. As Drupal Cabrera, um, he's a guy that he's going to be facing a righty in, in Homer Bailey. And I think, you know, we haven't touched on it yet, but but getting a few Mets bats, d- despite how beleaguered that lineup is overall, um, you know, whatever you can get from that lineup to, to get Homer Bailey uh, in Cincinnati, probably not a terrible play, especially if you're trying to punt a position. Uh, if you're punting third base, then Cabrera would be my guy because obviously uh, Homer Bailey has been pretty terrible this year. He's got an ERA. Uh, just just south of eight, so I mean that's, I mean that's something to potentially target. So the Mets uh, quietly on the other side of that on that Reds game, I think uh, could have some bats that are worth owning. You know, if we go over to the shortstop position, there's a bunch of guys all clustered in a thirty-six to thirty-two hundred dollar range, John, and no nobody really stands out for me except for maybe Xander Bogarts gets the. The, the platoon advantage against Jay's lefty Hap, and he gets the favorable spot in the batting order, so that makes him attractive, I guess, more than the rest of the field at $3,500 for me. But uh, help me break the tie. Um, I would say uh, Zach Cozart. Uh, it, was, it was the one that, that stood out to me. Um, again, he, he hasn't uh, or he doesn't have a, a long track record against Montero, but you know, again, this is this is just trying to target some Reds bats uh, in my lineup tonight, and Cozart at just 3,200. Uh, I know he's kind of had different hot and cold stretches uh, throughout the season, but he's been he's been fine over this month, hitting a little bit shy of 300 over the course of August with with five home runs and uh, nine RBI. So I mean that that's solid enough production. And again, I, I just think that the, this Reds lineup is going to be able to churn uh, churn several runs across tonight. So I think getting part of that uh, stack. Uh, with Suarez uh, putting Cozart in at 3,200 makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, we both like the Cincy s- s- stack tonight, and I think that's a great call. I left it for you, and, I, and you hit it right out of the park. The rest of the field shows guys for $3,000 or less uh, at the shortstop position. I favor a Danny Hechevarria, who's been on one of his best hitting streaks of his young career. He looks really comfortable in the Rays lineup, uh, John. I've seen quite a bit of him of late. He has five multi-hit games in his last 12 starts. Looks like he's starting to figure this game out a little bit and might be a nice play uh, down here. Uh, and I'm with you there. Um, I think that other guys down in this region, I think maybe maybe a Jordy Mercer uh, could make a little bit of sense if you if you think that uh, Pittsburgh will be able to get to Jose Quintana. You know, Mercer is going against a lefty that that always kind of plays to his advantage. And then again, on the other side of that Reds game uh, for the Mets, uh, Ahmed Rosario. Um, as it hasn't quite um, adjusted as quickly as a lot of people were expecting, you know, him being kind of like the crown jewel of that Mets organization uh, in terms of its prospects, um, hasn't been as great uh, to start out, but still uh, 2,600 going against Homer Bailey, getting a part of the Mets lineup against uh, Homer Bailey, not a bad idea. So it, again, if you're, if you're punting shortstop, uh, you could do a lot worse than Rosario or, or Mercer. 
John, uh, I'm going to split it up a little bit differently than we usually do at the outfield position. There's a couple of injury notes. Mike Trout might be back tonight. He's priced at $4,600 if he does play. Right behind him, though, is J.D. Martinez, who I really like at $4,100. He mashes lefties. He, he's really killing them this year, but he's done so throughout his career. This pending free agent really enjoying his time with Arizona, surrounded by some power bats there, and I think they could roll a big number tonight, and he'll be a big part of that. Beyond that, you got Mookie Betts. Uh, I think he's a little bit higher priced than, than I'd like to see. Uh, I guess they're counting on the platoon advantage there. Chris Davis, a power threat every time he puts the uniform on. Byron Buxton is another guy who has impressed me greatly over the last little while. I think this is another young guy, uh, not too far removed from being the top prospect in baseball a couple of years ago. He's starting to figure it out, uh, playing great defense, but also figuring it out off offensively. I saw him hit three out in one game against Toronto, so I, I think his star's on the rise, and he's on a real hot streak right now. Gets that favorable matchup against the White Sox, so uh, two of my three outfielders are in this group. I like Martinez and Buxton a lot. What say you about the top end of the outfield board? Yep, to totally with you on, on Martinez, and, and it, Buxton Buxton's turnaround, it, it almost like brings a tear to your eye, because like as, as guys that have been in the fantasy for a while, and like we've been waiting for Byron Buxton to arrive, and uh, his struggles were so pronounced and so profound for so long, but it really seems like he's put it together. Um, so, I mean, uh, as far as like his average draft position for heading into next year, I, I imagine his stock is going to be absolutely skyrocketing. So that's been really great to see. And again, he's going to be going against uh, Derek Holland. I think the the Twins should have no trouble handling him uh, tonight. But I guess uh, from this from this group, I will go the the Chris Davis route. Um, you know quietly again putting up huge home run numbers out in oakland uh he's going to be in la uh going against parker bridwell i know i, I uh recommended Br bridwell as a possible gpp candidate uh to, earlier in the show but I, I that doesn't necessarily mean that that i would be off chris davis i think that davis would be one of the few bats uh in that oakland lineup to target and i think he could be uh worth that 3900 price tag even if, even if he's just kind of like a one-off uh in the rest of your lineup and you have you know pairings or stacks elsewhere but you just you need uh, one guy in this upper range, I think 3900 for Davis is fine. Yeah, John, I saved money elsewhere. That's why I was able to go big on these two guys. And I pair them with another guy who's going to bring tears to my eyes some point in September when we have to say goodbye in Toronto to Jose Bautista. This is definitely looking like the swan song for a guy who's going to wind up on the level of excellence at the Rogers Center in the next few years. He's had a tremendous career, but not a good season, though uh, the matchup against Porcello tonight is pretty inviting. When you look at their head-to-head -head record, it's a real standout in favor of Joy Bats, and I, I like him to be uh, leading the charge against, uh, against the Red Sox tonight in this matchup tonight, uh, based on the history that these two have, uh, have had one against one another. Listen to this. 16 hits, 42 at-bats, 4 homers, 11 RBIs, an OPS of 1.147. That's one of the highest numbers on the board and the most significant uh, batting sample between hitter and batter, uh, hitter and pitcher that shows up on today's board. So uh, maybe a, a last nod to Joy Bats in this DFS corner. I, I couldn't avoid it, John, and I have to give him the, the nod. Who who fills out the roster for you in the outfield? I respect that, but um, you know, moving down uh, the list, I, I had to to pinch a little bit as far as my outfielder were concerned outside of Davis. Um, so I went with Billy Hamilton rounding out the complete four player stack for the Reds. Um, I, you know, he's just, you know, what else can you say about Billy Hamilton? He's fast. He can get you steals, uh, it provided he does get on base. And I think he will against Montero. So at 2,800, uh, I think he's a fine bargain. And then, at, uh, Cameron Mabin, uh, at 2,700, um, I'm expecting, uh, him to put together a solid performance. 
uh, tonight in that in that Oakland uh, versus the Angels game uh, going against Kendall Graveman. But uh, I couldn't blame anyone for thinking that that McCutcheon is also uh, a worthy candidate uh, to be put in your lineup at just 2,800 going against Jose Quintana. Yeah, I love that call. I mean, the platoon advantage is there, and and this is a guy who's turned his season around from what the depths that he sunk to last year. He's a perennial all-star, and I I can't believe that his price is that cheap. So great call there. John, uh, what does your lineup look like then based on your players of choice this evening? All right, uh, let's see. Starting us off here, we're going to have Jose Barrios um, as my pitcher. Um, I'm going to have Tucker Barnhart at catcher. Um, I this is something where, where you and I both agree. Yeah. Um, c- couldn't go away from it. Justin Smoke at first base. I had to do it. Had to do it. Um, <laughs> second base, um, Eduardo Nunez of the Red Sox. So, uh, you know, getting some action in that uh, Red Sox-Blue Jays game. Uh, Eugenio Suarez and Zach Cozart make up my left side of the infield. Suarez, 3,900 at third base. Cozart, 32 uh, as my shortstop. And then um, initially I had J.D. Martinez uh, and... Uh, Billy Hamilton and Derek Fisher of the Astros, but I'm going to pivot um, to over to Chris Davis and uh, and Cameron Maben and keep Billy Hamilton in my outfield. So uh, the outfield again, Chris Chris Davis at 3,900, Billy Hamilton 28, and Cameron Maben 27. Oh, going cheap in the outfield, and I went expensive. That'll be interesting to see how that turns out for us. Uh, my lineup of choice, I went with uh, Jay Happ of the Blue Jays. I mentioned the fav- his favorable numbers against the Red Sox batters, and uh, certainly Paz Porcello's been beaten like a drum by the Jays over their careers. Uh, so I, I like that disparity in favor of the home side tonight. Brian McCann looks like, to me, the best bet of a masher behind the plate to jump up and bite somebody and pay off for cheap at $2,700. We agreed on Justin Smoke. He's had a great year for Toronto. Gets uh, gets the health of his mates against Porcello. I think they put up a big score, and he's a part of it tonight. Scooter Gannett's a guy who has uh, delivered a lot more offense than people expected at second base, and he gets a good matchup tonight at, at second base for $3,300. Jorge Falanco, I mentioned how hot this guy's been for $3,600. I think that's a great value. Uh, Edeni Hechevarria, I've also mentioned how comfortable he looks at the in the Tampa lineup, $2,900, the cheapest guy in my lineup uh, in front of the diamond, uh, a whole plate, let's see, let's say. And then uh, in the outfield, I, I highlighted Brian, Byron Buxton, who's coming of age, J.D. Martinez, who's a killer against lefties, and Ho- Jose, uh, Jose Bautista in uh, probably the swan song appearance on, the, on this program, uh, I'll say, because I don't see much from him uh, in the upcoming days and weeks to close up. Yeah, the that's probably fair. <laughs> yeah. John, let's uh, see what the Rotowire lineup optimizer has in store today. Uh, let's see here. Um, Optimizer likes uh, Jose Barrios uh, as the starting pitcher. Um, it, Salvador Perez uh, at the catcher spot at 2600 That is a pretty nice price uh, for Perez, although he hasn't been as quite as good uh, since coming off the DL. Uh, Hanley Ramirez as your first baseman, so save in there. Um, it likes Eduardo Nunez, uh, just like we do, at second base uh, at 3100 Longoria at 3000 again, a bargain that the optimizer couldn't uh, avoid. Bogarts, it's with you there as well at 3500 uh, going against Hap. Outfield uh, tends to be uh, on the more expensive end, going, going after Mike Trout. Um, again, if you use this optimal lineup, you got to make sure that Trout is in the lineup, right. but I think the expectation is that he will be. Uh, A.J. Pollock, um, right-handed bat at 3400 going against the Dodgers, and then Andrew McCutcheon rounding things out. 
um, against Jose Quintana for just 28. I see a few names that you picked on this list, John. I feel good for your chances tonight. Based yeah, on likes, them, yeah, yeah like, I like that value report especially. <laughs> well, and, and now to close, I want to talk about the fact that uh, rosters could expand to up to 40 men starting on September the 1st. John, I spoke to a couple of uh, executives last night in the lounge uh, at the Rogers Center, and uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. and uh, yeah, I hobnob with some big names. I got to <laughs> tell you, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I I'd like to see a certain rule change that caps the nightly lineups at 30 players tops. And these executives that I spoke to echoed my sentiments. I, I call it a scorekeeper's gripe from my gripe from my perspective. But I'm just thinking now in terms of the DFS. Uh, viewpoint when you see rosters expand like this do your eyes light up if you see a, a rookie call-up starting pitcher uh yeah i mean especially well if i'm gonna like stack against him right. then yeah absolutely um i think that that's that's always something to consider um we we really should see um a lot of big name prospects coming up uh you know starting on friday i think there's a there's a lot uh, to be had here i know that uh, as far as our um top top 100 prospect list we got about 20 of the top uh, 100 potentially coming up uh that you know once september call-ups uh happen uh for me chance cisco is a guy that i've that myself and baltimore fans have been waiting to see for a long time uh behind the plate he's you know hitting okay at triple a but he's a catcher that i think has more offensive upside than what they have in caleb joseph uh as far as uh the catching spot goes you know Castillo being the number one guy, but um, I'm just excited to see these guys come up and, and kind of see the new wave um, of, of you know future stars here. And I think it starts uh, in September. And I understand where it is a little bit uh, cumbersome as far as carrying 40 40 people on the roster and having all those people be active. I guess I do see your point in in you know capping it closer to 30. Um, but in either way, um, I think it's it, I think it's a fun uh, wrinkle towards the end of the season. Yeah, and certainly in DFS play, it's going to be a lot of fun, and and we get to sort through more names and uh, maybe make more wild calls uh, that might be highlighting our upcoming shows. So I'm excited about that possibility, John, and I think it's a fine place to stop this week. So there you have it for John McHechnie, who's a great follow at Johnny McHex. I'm Paul Bruno, who you can follow at Statsman22, and we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.